the evening, Jesus has gotten up and appeared to the women in the garden and to Mary and told her to go tell the disciples. And you know that story as well as I do. But in verse 19, John 20, the Bible said, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. They turned their sadness to gladness. Amen. He'll do that for you this morning if you'll allow him to. Verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. I'll stand there while I go getting ready to mount the platform. And I said, Lord, would you breathe on me? He said, well, I will, but the Holy Ghost is living in your heart. If, uh, if you want me to, I'll breathe on you. But our body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I like him breathing on me, don't you? The Bible said in verse 22, when he had, this, uh, when he had uh, said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. That verse 23 has caused a lot of problems in uh, some people's uh, theology, but that's really the authority God gave the church. And uh, I don't, I'm not preaching from that this morning, but uh, we got to get the job done. If we don't, it's not going to get done. The church is the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and we need to be telling people about the saving grace of God. And if we don't, they're going to die in their sins. So that's what that authority is in verse 23. Verse 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, I wouldn't be surprised for somebody not here today that you need to go talk to and say, you need to come back and the Lord's manifesting himself. The services are good. Yeah. God's been blessing. Yeah. And maybe old Thomas would come, doubting Thomas would come wandering back in. Yeah. All right, listen to verse 25. The other disciples therefore said unto Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, this will be the next Sunday, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Must have been quite a gaping wound in his side, but you agree, big enough for a big fisherman's hand to be inserted into that wound, yes, thrust it into my side, verse 27, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Paul said, last of all, Jesus was seen of me as one born out of due time. 
I hadn't seen him with a physical eye, but I saw him by faith. Amen. We walk by faith, not by sight. Verse number 30, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. The Bible said if they were, the whole world could, couldn't be the library. It wouldn't contain them. Verse 31, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. If correctly read 19 through 31, would you ask him to help me? Father, I love you this morning. I want to thank you one more time for the grace of God that lifted me out of a horrible pit in the miry clay of sin. Save me by the grace of God and has been sufficient for me down through the years. Thank you for your presence here today, the good fellowship, Lord, the good singing. And I pray you'd touch the preacher now as I endeavor uh, to bring the message. Uh, give me liberty and unction and power. And may the word of God have free course and right away today. Lord, may it fall upon some good fertile ground this morning. Somebody needs to be saved. Somebody needs to uh, be reconciled back into fellowship with their Lord. Our hearts are in need this morning. And I pray you administer to those needs through the word of God. And we'll love you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Appreciate you standing, uh, reverencing the Word of God this morning. What a chapter uh, we have in the Gospel of John, and I've got so much on my heart. I'm just uh, going to try to hit the high places, and uh, we'll be through. But what a chapter uh, we have. A lot of things I could say that uh, God spoke to my heart out of this chapter uh, concerning uh, preaching this morning. They went to church on the first day of the week. Some people don't know when to go to church, amen. But the early church, they went to church on the first day of the week. And then I noticed, secondly, the Bible said that he told Thomas, reach hither thy finger and put the tip of your finger into the wounds in my hand and thrust your hand into my side. Jesus still had open wounds after he got up from the grave. And John in Revelation chapter 5 uh, the Bible said about three times in the book of Revelation in chapter 5 that they beheld Jesus as a lamb slain. He wasn't a lamb healed, he was a lamb slain. And you and I that are saved by the grace of God, we will get to see the wounds that men pierce the side and the hands of our Lord with. I don't know if he'll want us to touch him or thrust our hand into his side, but we will get to see the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world. So Jesus still had his wounds after he got up. And by the way, they were wounds, and I'm not here to split hairs. A lot of folks would disagree with some of my theology, but uh, the Bible doesn't mention anywhere that there was any scars in the body of Jesus. It was all wounds. You say, what's the difference between a wound and a scar? Well, a scar is a healed up wound. And it, you know what heals those wounds, preacher? It's the blood flowing through our body that heals those wounds. But Jesus shed every drop of his blood on the cross of Calvary, and there wasn't any healing in that body because Jesus had shed his blood. And we're going to get to see those wounds. I'm not preaching that <coughs> if I can help it. Amen. And something else I did want to show you, and I'll, I'll get to my message. In verse number uh, 28, 
Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. I make it start a good fight. I know I could in most places about Jesus being Lord and Jesus being God. But Thomas looked upon him and here's what he said, My Lord and my God. You can't deny the humanity of Jesus. He got his body from the seed of David through the seed of Abraham and David and he came down, by the way, through Mary and not through Joseph. But that's where he got his humanity. But he got his deity from his heavenly Father. And he was God incarnate in a body of flesh. And I love to preach on the deity of Christ, but I don't have time. Amen. But I'll give you a verse or two. He said, uh, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentile, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. God was manifest in the flesh. If that wasn't in Jesus, where was it? It sure wasn't in me. And I don't see a halo buck through there anywhere. I don't think it's you, but it's the Son of God that came into this world in the image of God Himself and revealed who God really was in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Here's what the angel said. You'll call His name Emmanuel, being, uh, Matthew 1.23. You'll call His name Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. Are you listening? And so Thomas was right when and Thomas called him Lord, he's my Lord, and he's also my God. Amen. In verse number 28, I'd love to stay there and preach that, but I know here's what the Lord dealt with my heart about. In verse number 20, uh, verse number 26, the Bible said after eight days, this would have been the following Sunday, one week after the resurrection, after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them, then came Jesus. I'm going to preach for a little while this morning on then came Jesus. Then came Jesus with the emphasis on then. He's always on time. He's never early and he's never late. I've known him for about 55 years and every time I've needed him, he's always been there. Now Mary and Martha thought it was two or three or four days late, but it was right on time, preacher, amen. And he's always on time. Here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Galatia in chapter number four and verse number four. He said in that chapter when he was writing to the church and they're in some problems and storms and different things going on there in Galatia in chapter number four and in that church. But the Bible said that in verse number four, if it'll come out of my hard drive, amen, that verse number four said that God came into the church of Galatia and manifested himself. I guess maybe I'm going to have to read it. But Galatians chapter 4, he said, and I still got to, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. But uh, in Galatians chapter 4, help me, Lord, and verse number 4, it said, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. If you've been born like their baby has been born, that baby was uh, elected to be born. They, uh, they chose to have a baby. 
If you're adopted, you're selected. Amen. And Jesus came a-looking for somebody to say, and he selected me and you. Isn't that wonderful? I'm glad I've been born again, but also I'm waiting to wit the redemption of my body. And I don't have time to run all those rabbits, but the Bible said when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. He had to be made under the law because God's law had been broken. And Jesus came and fulfilled every jot and every tittle of the law. You can't keep the law. I can't keep the law. I wish I could, but if I could, that wouldn't save me. But the law was broken. God was offended. And he sent his son into this world. And he fulfilled the law, every jot and every tittle. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. And being uh, sons of God, he shed forth the Spirit. In Galatians about 4 and verse number 5 or 6, he said he spread the shed abroad in our heart the Spirit of his Son, and that Spirit is crying, Abba, Father. And they tell me Abba there in the Greek would have been Papa. That's a wonderful name, isn't it? I like that name. But he, he gave us the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God in our heart. And I'm headed somewhere. The Spirit of God cries out of my heart and cries unto the Lord and cries Abba, Father. Here's my thought. When did Jesus come, preacher, in my text? While the disciples are locked behind closed doors. They're scared, they're afraid, they're, they're faith, and I'll show you that in just a minute. But there's uh, calamities that have occurred in their life. They had forsaken their means of living. They had forsaken their fishing boats and their tax collecting and whatever their uh, position in the life may have been. They had forsaken all of that to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he's been crucified and the body's even missing. The, the tomb is empty and these disciples are locked behind closed doors. I wouldn't be surprised this morning if there isn't somebody here. Things have happened in your life and you have withdrawn behind closed doors and you've locked yourself in a little chamber somewhere. I've got four things I want to try to give you. If I can get to them, if I don't, that's fine. Amen. First of all, then came Jesus. He came to solve their problems. He came to solve their problems. Their faith is on the low end of the totem pole. They're scared to death. I'll show you that in just a moment. And Jesus stands in the midst behind closed doors and the door wasn't open. He just came through. The new body we're going to have, we'll be able to travel as quick as thought. My brother was in high school up in West Virginia when we were boys, and uh, the English teacher said, why don't you take, he was daydreaming, she said, why don't you take your body where your spirit and your mind is? He got up and went up to the pool room. Now, he didn't graduate, he got kicked out of school. I stayed in school, I wouldn't tell her where my mind was, amen, I got to graduate from high school about as far as I got to go. But are you listening to me? We're going to have a new body. And Jesus appeared. Here's, what, here's the point I think he's trying to emphasize. 
there's nothing that's ever occurred in my life or my family or your life or your family or the church or whatever the case might be. There's nothing that's ever occurred that Jesus is not concerned about and will not manifest himself, but it's got to be at the right time. Then came Jesus to solve their problem. Let me show you two problems. I don't have time to deal with them. But in verse number 19, Then the same day at evening, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear. Notice their fear in verse 19. And then in verse number 27, I'll combine these two quickly. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Here's their problem. They were fearful, and they were faithless. And these men are saved. These men have served Jesus for over three years. And they've seen miracles and they've seen the dead raised. And they've seen the blinded eyes open and the deaf ears unstopped. They've seen miracle after miracle. But something happened in their life. And neighbor, they got afraid and their faith departed from them. That doesn't mean they were lost. I don't have time to deal with that. You know better than that. Amen. But you let fear get in your heart and it'll rob you of living a victorious life of faith. The Bible said in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 18, perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love. Fear gets in your heart. Here's what happened. Here's what I think is going on in this chapter. And uh, you don't have to agree with me, but uh, give me your attention just a minute. God lets things come into our life. God lets things happen to us. And he's never made a mistake. He loves me too much to do me wrong. And what he's doing is perfecting me into the image of his son. God saved us to conform us and it takes a lifetime and then the judgment seat of Christ before we'll ever be completely like him. But we will one day. But during that trip, from the time you get saved till we leave this earth and go to the judgment seat of Christ, God permits and allows things to come into our life and into our circumstances, whatever they might be. Don't you get upset with him and begin to say he doesn't love me and he shouldn't done me this way. The Bible said in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for my good and God's glory. If you got enough faith to accept that, you can see God working in your life. You don't have to understand it. You just have to trust Him. And I'll guarantee you, I was up this morning. I didn't sleep much last night. And I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I can preach this morning or not. And she said, for you lady, she said, I prayed for you. I said, praise God, I think I will preach a little bit. Amen. Thank God for a praying wife and a praying woman. But these problems, these problems came into these men's life in order to conform them to the image of Jesus. He's perfecting them. Y'all know the McGill, Johnny McGill and the McGill homes? Well, years ago, years ago, at camp meeting, there where I was pastoring, the Lord, I was making the announcements, and you used to get more scripture and announcements at a camp meeting than to do the whole preaching meetings now in some places I've been. But nevertheless, the Lord uh, had me to quote First John chapter number 4, and he was talking about, as I said a while ago, that there's no fear in love, 
perfect love casts about fear. Here's why some of you got some problems this morning. There is no fear in love. 1 John 18. There's no fear, and I see some of you check me. I'm glad you do. Bring your Bible. You can hear anything in the world from a pulpit today. Bring your Bible. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out fear. So are these men afraid? The Bible said they were. Jesus said you're afraid, you're fearful. So what he's doing, he's casting the fear out of their life and conforming them to his own image. And going down through that chapter, I'm probably not going to get there, but he's preparing them for the next week and months and years that's laying ahead of them. So he's got to get that fear out of their life. Fear hath no, love hath no fear. Perfect love casteth out fear. So what he's doing is trying to get the fear, going to take the fear out of their life because he's got something he wants them to do. And there's folks listening to me today. Circumstances have happened Instead of you trusting God with it, you have probably got in behind a closed door and shut the doors to, and you're going to live there in your little asylum by yourself. And neighbor, this morning, the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart and told me to what to preach, and I believe with all of my heart and mind and soul, Jesus wants them, came Jesus, He's come this morning to deliver you from the closed doors in your soul. Have you closed some doors in your life and, preacher, I don't understand it, I can't explain it, you don't have to. But when Jesus manifests himself and comes behind your closed door, he's, gonna, he's wanting to help you. In verse 19, they were, they were fearful. I, I don't have time to preach on fear, but you do know when... Uh, Matthew 10, Matthew 14, those are two different storms when the disciples are in the little ship and they're sailing out on the sea. Chapter number 14, Jesus is in the mountain praying, sent the multitude away, went up in the mountain to pray and told the disciple, you go the other side, I'm going to meet you over there. And so they get in the boat in the perfect will of God and a storm comes upon that ship. And it's tossed and they think they're going to drown and that's when Jesus comes walking on the water and he comes and would have passed them by but they cried out unto him and when they ever cry and sing will stop Jesus anytime he's moving, amen. And he turned to them and they said they didn't recognize him. They said it's a spirit and that's where Peter got out of the boat and I don't have time uh, to get into that this morning but here's what Jesus said. Peace be unto you. Be not afraid. It is I. It is I. Be not afraid. Let the peace of God. And then we know he got Peter out of the water and put him back on the board of the ship and immediately they were at the other side. So here's what, uh, that immediately the other side, I think they were just about there about the time Peter started to get out of the water, out of the boat and get in the water. You might be one prayer away from your problem being solved this morning you might be one service away 
from God moving miraculously and taking care of whatever situation it is, I have no idea. But I'm telling you, I think immediately they were at the other side. They were almost through that situation, that circumstance, and neighbor Peter gets out of the boat. And that's another message in itself. I'll give him a trophy for walking on water, but I think he ought to stayed on the boat and done what Jesus told him to do. And I don't have time to fuss with you about that. It's good preaching. Preach it both ways. Amen. I preached it both ways over the years, and folks got right both time I preached it. So there are, there are different applications to the Bible. But they're almost out of that storm. And Jesus says, Peace be unto you. And the storm calmed, and immediately there's at the other side. He's manifested himself here today. He's come to this service where two or three gather together in my name. There am I in the midst. He's here today, and he's here to solve your problem. It might be fear. It might be faithless. I could preach a week on faith. I'm not going to do that. But the Bible said faith is a victory that overcometh the world. We walk by faith, not by sight. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. We know all those scriptures. So you got to get your faith restored. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the Word of God. And these men had gotten afraid, and their faith, Thomas, was faithless, according to verse number 27, and Jesus solved that problem. Not only did He come to solve their problem, I'm preaching, then came Jesus. But he came to solve their problem. And then secondly, and I'll just touch this, I've already mentioned it, in verse 19, verse 21, and verse number 26, he said the same thing. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. And I could preach on there's peace for the sinner, and there's peace for the saint, and there's peace for the servant if you want to serve God. I don't have time to deal with that. But he said, peace, peace, peace. And men are crying peace today. Mr. Biden is crying peace. And some of the other crowd are crying peace. Now, there's not going to be any peace in this world because the Prince of Peace is the one that's going to have to bring the peace. And that's Jesus. Now, I believe in a strong military. I believe strength uh, dispels the... Uh, this crowd is wanting to destroy the United States. Amen. Don't get me, don't get me hung up on football or politics. Amen. But Jesus solved their problem, and then he secured some peace in their heart that the world couldn't take away. Now, I'm going to tell you why he did that, and I'll be through. Have you got that peace? Here's what the Bible said. Peace that passeth all understanding, joy unspeakable, and full of glory. I've been teaching through Philippians for about a year and a half, I guess. And Philippians 4, 7 says, And the God of the, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And the next verse, verse number 9, he said, if you'll do that, and the God of peace shall be with you. 
The God of peace brings the peace of God. And when the problems come to your life, He's bigger than any problem you've ever had or ever will have. But you've got to let Him be God and let Him control the situation. And He comes to do that. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7 said, Casting all your cares upon Him, He cares for you. He careth for you. He cares. He keeps on caring. That's a progressive verb. He careth for you. He keeps on a caring. He hadn't quit caring. He cares when you're in the storm. He cares when the sun's shining. He cares when the lightning's flashing. He cares. Are you listening? Jesus cared. Oh, yes, He cared. I know He cares, and no one ever cared for me like Jesus. Charles Weigel wrote, that song they tell me when his wife had left him refused to follow him and said I'm not going to be a preacher's wife and he sat down and preached uh, wrote that song no one ever cared for me like Jesus it's blessed thousands uh, hundreds of thousands down through the year but I'm telling you Jesus can give you a peace that this world can never give you that peace was lost in, in the garden and when Adam sinned and that uh, home was torn up and murder and all that came out of that because of sin it's been rampant all down through the year and it'll never be rectified or straightened out until Jesus shows up. Then came Jesus. He'll solve your problem if you'll let him this morning. And you can leave here different than you were when you came. You can leave here with a peace in your heart that the world knows nothing about. Now listen to why he did that. He solved their problem. He put peace in their heart. Now look with me please and get this and I'll be through. Verse number 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. He solved their problem. He secured a peace in their heart that he couldn't get anywhere else. And he showed them his plan for their life. As my Father sent me, so send I you. Some of you got your blueprint already printed out. You've got your plans all drawn up. And I'm telling you, when you get to where Jesus wants you to be, and when he then comes on the scene, he'll probably tear your little blueprint up. You know what I was going to be? I was going to be a country singer. I'm walking the floor over you. That's why he buried his wife under the house, so he could walk the floor over, amen. And then, when I got a little bigger, I was going to be a professional baseball player. I loved it. I lived baseball. Said this is before Calvary, B.C., all right? I loved baseball. I played from Little League, Pony League, but after high school, college age, and then on the police force, I played about five years for the Tampa Police Department. You like ball, son? You know what my batting average was? 608. That ain't bad for a hillbilly country boy. Made one error that year. The reason I made that error, I was playing infield. I usually pitched or played second, but I was going to have me on shortstop, and I'm hurrying. I'll quit. Pardon the illustration. 
But there's a runner going from second to third, and he got between me and the ball, and I lost sight of it, and uh, the ball got away from me. So I made an error. I ain't made a lot of mistakes, but I made one that day. <laughs> biggest, biggest mistake ever made was not letting Jesus save me when I was nine years old. That's the first time he spoke to me. Then he spoke to me when I was 17. Then he spoke to me when I was 25. And the third strike, I was out, and I got out of sin, got saved by the grace of God. But I was going to play, if I couldn't make it playing a guitar and singing, I was going to play professional baseball. And I was a pretty good old country ball player. Now, I got some clippings at home if you want me to bring them to you. Next time that you see them, I'll let you see them, get them out, get them out of the desk. But he had a plan for my life. He's got a plan for you. Do you think he saved you just by accident or just perhaps or maybe or keep you from going to hell? Jeremiah 18, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. He's going to do a work on the wheel. I want you to observe very closely what that potter's doing. And Jeremiah went down there, and I don't have time to preach on the potter and the clay, but when that potter gets that clay and puts it on the wheel, he's got something in mind. He sees the finished product. Are you listening? When God saved you, he just didn't save you to keep you from going to hell. He needed a preacher. He needed somebody to play the instruments. He needed somebody to work with young people. He needed somebody to go to mission field. He needed somebody that he'd teach them how to make money so they could support the church. God doesn't do everything the same way in everybody's life, but everybody he saved, he saves you in particular, and he's got something in mind for you to do. And the Bible said when he then came, Jesus took the fear away, took the faithless away, put a peace in their heart, and then he said, now I've got to show you my plan for your life. What's he, what did he save you for? What's he want you to, what's he want you to do? Now, I'm a redneck country boy, and the preachers preach that, and they talk about skinning hogs. You don't skin hogs, you scald hogs. I have skinned one or two, but you scald hogs. Now, I'm not picking on preachers, but every preacher I know is a country boy, and they're proud of it. But you're looking at a redneck country boy. I was born so far back in the holler, we didn't get the Grand Ole Opry till Thursday night. That's pretty far back. Amen. Now I'm telling you the truth. I married a Florida girl where you could see for 10 miles as far as I could see, and she took her to West Virginia after we got married. She said, I ain't, I'm smothering to death. These mountains, we live down in a little holler, a creek and a railroad, and a two lane little paved road going through that holler. And she said, I'm smothering to death. And she made me promise her I would never take her to West Virginia to live. And I promised her, and I wish I had never made that promise. <laughs> Country road, take me home. <laughs> To the place where I belong, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, country road. I'm longing for home.
almost heaven in West Virginia is. I'm going to bypass West Virginia and go straight on to glory. Amen. But he had a plan for my life. Have you accepted the plan? Have you have you missed it? Or you won't yield to it? He's got a plan for you. Sis, he might want you to go uh, to New Guinea and let the piranhas chew on your in the, or the Amazon then running through that part of the world. He, he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for your family. He's got a plan for every one of us. Happy day when I threw in the towel, January the 27th, about 1.15 of 1966, I threw in the towel. And I said, Lord, I can't do what you want me to do. But here I am. He said, I've been wanting you to say that for about 14 months, if I remember the timing right. You say, preacher, I don't think I can do what he wants me to do. Well, let me close. Let me show you one more thing. He solved their problem. He sent a peace in their heart that passed up. The world's looking for it, and it's not out in the world. It's in Jesus. And then he had a plan for their life. Look at this, and I, wouldn't, I couldn't conclude my message without showing you one more verse. Verse number 22. When he had said this, he said, I'm going to send you as my father sent me. When he had, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He solved their problem. He sent a secured a peace in their heart. He showed them his, their, his plan for their life. I could preach there, preacher. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and he said, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. When you got saved, Jesus bought you off the slave block of sin, just like Hosea did Gomer. But you're not your own. You belong to him. He's got a plan for your life. You say, preacher, I can't do that. Look at verse number 22. He solved their problem, sent a peace in their heart, showed them a plan, and then he supplied the power to do what he wanted them to do. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Some of y'all, somebody here, God dealing with you to preach. I'm not calling you to preach. And if you can't, if you uh, hadn't been called, don't preach. Amen. Amen. God dealt with me about preaching. I said, Lord, I cannot do that. And I wallowed that around, preacher, for several months. And I, I got some stories I could tell you, and I know you're ready to go eat, and I don't have time to get into all of it. On my face before God... He said, son, I'll equip you and make you the vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use. It doesn't matter what he wants you to do. He'll supply the grace and the strength and the power and the wisdom or whatever it is. He'll supply the need that you can do whatever he wants you. Well, that to me, that is as simple as it can get. Why would God want you to do something that you he wouldn't give you grace and strength to do it. Amen. 
just think about it just a little bit. Are you depending on him or are you depending on yourself? I can do all things through Christ. I don't believe that's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I got a long way to go. I hope one of these days I'll get to be a preacher, make me a preacher. You can do anything God wants you to do. You young people, you can be anything the Lord wants you to be. Aim high. Set your sights high. Get the plan of God for your life. Preacher's already said he's got somebody he knows what he wants for your life, who to marry, what your life ought to be involved in on down the road. Find out what that is and set your face like a flint to do it and God will supply every need. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4 as well. You can do it. Let him save you. He'll bring you through every problem you'll ever have. I'm through. I got to quit. But listen to me. The last I'm, I'll be 81 on my birthday. The last two years have been the most difficult years of our ministry. We've been married to be 61 years. We're going on our 61st anniversary. I hadn't got her figured out yet, but I hope someday I will. I pastored 36 years of my life. Yes, this was God's plan for my life. I pastored 36 years over here at Taylor's. I thought I'd be there till I got old and rode off into the sunset or died or whatever. The Lord began to deal with my heart back about 17 years ago, something like that, and uh, brought me to the place where I resigned the pastorate. I was preaching a meeting up in Madisonville, Kentucky. Psalms 17, Psalm 71, verse number 18, the Lord spoke to my heart. Now I'm closing. You stay with me just a minute. Psalm 71, 18, he said, When I'm old and gray-headed, forsake me not until I've shown the generation to come your power and your strength. The Lord said, give up the church, get on the road. And I pulled and drove my wife from north and south and east and west and down as far as we can go for the last 15, 16 years we've been on the road. But those days probably are about over. I'm getting too old to drive at night. I'm going to have cataract surgery and all this kind of stuff. You get old, your body's wore out. But the Lord had a plan for my life. I stayed in that plan 36 years, and he had a plan for us to get on the road. We've been on the road for about 16 or 17 years, whatever the case is. He may be going to take me out of this world or leave me here to do what I'm doing today, whatever that is. I want to finish the plan God's got for my life. That's the only reason I'm here this morning not trying to impress anybody, not trying to see or to be seen, just trying to show a generation to come there's a reality in serving Jesus. That's what he said in Psalm 71, 18, preacher. Let me show this generation to come 
I appreciate your burden here. Want an old-fashioned church, still got the glory and hallelujah and preaching the word of God. Thank God for somewhere where you can go to church. Amen. Then came Jesus. He's here today. I've been preaching 55 years right at it. I could preach Genesis 1, Revelation 22. I could preach anywhere this morning, try to. But the Holy Ghost want me to preach out of John chapter 20. And the Lord's come and met with us today. Somebody's afraid, somebody's faithless. And he said, come and touch me. That's what he said in Hebrews 4. You can touch him with the feelings of your infirmity. You touch him, then you tell him, then you trust him, and you leave here different than you were when you came. He'll let you leave here with a peace in your heart. He'll let you leave here with a plan of God for your life. And he'll let you leave here with the power of God where you can do anything he wants you to do. He's here this morning. Preacher, thank you for letting me preach. Then came Jesus. He's always on time. And he's here today. And he came for me and he came for you. Would you listen to him and speak to your heart this morning, please?